So now you're ra- you're you're on team rev racing. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Rev racing. So honestly, this is like the at this point in my career, and still right now, but even more so in 2020 and last year, it was for lack of better words, like getting out the mud, like doing the dirty work, like. Base it was my it's still my job, but it was a job job then, like working at the shop seven to four, sometimes later. Um, just doing the grunt work, like going and getting parts, cleaning. I, I still see you as a I see you as a full time student. Sometimes I see you in mm-hmm. lectures, I see you in class. Then the next minute I see you in at under like showing a picture of a car in the in the shop. Mm-hmm. And then a few days later I'm seeing you somewhere in Phoenix, Arizona, Ohio racing. How do you balance all of these? It's hard. It's hard. It's and honestly, I feel like it's a good thing to talk about. Like, it's hard. It's hard on mental health. It's hard about because of how important it is to manage time. You got to be a good athlete. Mm -hmm. You still got to pursue what you want to be, and you're on. You're not even like 100 percent all the way pro yet. You're still having to prove yourself so that you can make that jump. And I'm not even. I'm not fully grown yet. I'm still a kid. Correct. And my all my. My parents and my sister, my family that I've lived with, they're 300, 400 miles away. It's just me here. So yeah. it's hard. It was hard those first, like, the, I guess the last two years, yeah. just developing as a young man, but also having to balance what fe- feels like the weight of the sh- my shoulders, yeah. weight of the world on my shoulders. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Max Maxwell, and you are now listening to or watching the Max Maxwell Show. Now, today is a selfish one. I'm not going to lie. I've been looking at this dude for a couple years, and I was like, I got to get him on the pod. And this dude's so busy, it took me a while to get him here. But he's here. Welcome to the podcast, my guy. Roger, how you doing, brother? Thanks for having me, Max. This is amazing, bro. So you, I was kind of saying before we started, I said, I was I seen like an article of you a couple years ago at Facebook and I was like, yo, who is this guy in NASCAR? Because I've yet to go over to um what Bowman Gray or anything like yeah. that. I haven't been to Bowman Gray and I'm like, why haven't I been? I do everything outside the box. Why haven't I been there yet? So it's you gotta good to come f- to a race. It's finally good to meet you. Finally good to meet you. When is when is the wait, race? Yeah, he said race. This dude, you're you're in NASCAR, right? Like you drive cars. But yeah. before we get there, before we get there. Like you, like you're a pro, right? Is that how it works? I would say semi-pro right now. Semi-pro, but you drive, you you driving, driving. All right, so check this out. Before we get started to how you got to this point right now, kind of tell me some of your background because you're fairly young. I did look up. You were like born like a couple years ago. Like what was it? 2011, 2000. I'm 02. 02. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> so 02. So how, how old are you? 20. And you, you actually, during, you go to school here in Winston-Salem at Winston-Salem State University. Yeah, I'm a junior. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about your family. Like, what, like, because from, from, first of all, you don't see many African-Americans or black dudes in NASCAR at all. And I'm always like an outlier when it comes to doing things that are just outside of the box. I want to know how you got there. But before we got, get there, I want to know, like, what's your upbringing? What's your family? What's all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm a Caribbean fan. Or of Caribbean heritage, yeah. so uh, my parents are Vincentian and from Barbados as well. Okay, my grandma and my dad and all his brothers and sisters are born were born in St. Vincent. My mom and her side of family is from Barbados. So you got Caribbean in your blood all mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, I see it. So yeah, and they they came to the U.S. in the '70s in Brooklyn. Um, that's where my little sister was born. I was born in in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh. I got family there in, in Brooklyn and in, in the Caribbean and, and in London as well. Yo, why is it that all of our migration stories are the same? So my 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 family came over in the seventies, came to New York. What year? Uh, I want to say seventy six. Seventy seven. All right, see what I'm saying? Like seventy six and seventy seven. They came over. They went to New York. We were in Mount Vernon area and that that side of, that side of yeah. We were area. in Brooklyn. You see, what I'm saying. So it's like. And then you got family in London and like it's all of our stories are the same. So and then you you ended up in Atlanta. Your parents ended up moving to Atlanta. My yeah. parents ended up moving to North Carolina. So so you were born in Atlanta. Um, yeah, my dad went to went to Clark. And so okay. um the he got his his first degree there. So yeah. So you multiple degrees. Yeah. What type he's of work? A, what type of degree? PhD. So, yeah, in the school of communications. So. Okay. 
So he he got and you and in law too. I don't know all of my dad. I don't know my dad's full resume. It's a mystery, right? Yeah, but he's he's done everything. He he did the Olympics there in '96. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think it was '96. Yeah, he's done he's done everything. And my mom too. So, so you you're born in Atlanta, um, and and that's where your family your family lives in Atlanta now. Um, some like extended family. Yeah, I got extended family there, like aunts and uncles and little yeah. cousins. Same in Brooklyn. But my immediate family, which is my dad, my mom, my little sister, little, she's 17, but yeah. uh, they're in D.C. So that's what, where I went to high school and middle school. So you went, so you born in Atlanta, but you went to middle school, high school in D.C. Yeah. Okay, so you, you moved around a little bit from, from your kid. Okay, but my thing is, what did what did you do for fun as a kid? Like, for me, you know, like I, mean, I played football, I like did the dumb stuff. Like, you did the same thing. Yeah, me. Like, I, I was going to wreck every Saturday playing basketball, football, soccer. Um, I was a student athlete in school, right? So after school, I'd go to basketball or, tr- or track practice yeah. till five, six o'clock. With yeah. your dad being a PhD, were you a pretty smart kid? See, yeah, but like selectively, like both of my, my mom's an educator as well. Yeah. So like school is the most important thing in our our household. So like reluctantly, like if I applied myself, you know, I'd be getting like 4.0 GPA, yeah. right? But obviously just uh, didn't have the... Like now I do, but like through school, I was just like, I would, I felt like I would rather be doing better things. You which, weren't that entertained with uh-uh, school. Uh-uh, not at that all. That makes sense. But you were still smart. You just was like, yeah, this ain't really for me, yeah. but I'm going to do what I got to do. Exactly. Do what I got to do to get the, to pass, right? Yeah, yeah. And graduate. What was it like growing up in D.C. and going to school? Because like, D.C. is pretty busy. Mm-hmm. It's like a mini New York. Yeah, exactly. Mini, mini New York, right? Not as dirty. Yeah. Um, still, <laughs> I said the same thing. But got way more New York tourists, got no though. trash cans. Do you ever... Was, I just see you in New York the other day. You were in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Did you see a trash can or did you see all the bags on the side yeah. of the road? What's up with that? Man, I can't hate on New York, though. <laughs> I, I can't, hate I can't hate, I was born I in New know. York, but I, they, they need some trash cans. Yeah, so... But uh, going to... Living in D.C. was cool just to, like, be a... a a city kid, right? Yeah. Like learning about how to survive in a not a survive, street smart. To, yeah, to, how to exist, right? Yeah. You know, taking a train, taking a bus, going to places, biking around, um, just being out with friends in the summer, and just enjoying stuff. Like it, it's funny seeing like I remember like going to school like seven in the morning and seeing like tourists and like matching t-shirts going down to the, <laughs> to the national mall and like. That's the Jones a, family reunion. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. It's just like I'm going to class at 8:45, and they're yeah. going to like see the the monuments, which are so I'm we're so used to as like students and people like being in the city. Like, oh, this is so cool, and it's just like, oh, we got practice there later. Like, it's not that deep. When when you were in high school, would you say you were like a cool kid? You played sports. Or you weren't. I played. Cool I wasn't cool kid, but I played basketball for two years. I played soccer for two years. I ran track all four years. Okay. And so you, you just was like, so when did you know you, well, obviously it was already in you, your mom, your mother, your father, you went to, co- they went to college. You knew you were going to college. Did you have a bunch of options? See, the thing is though, for a certain period of time, I didn't think I was going to go to school because I had cared about racing and NASCAR that I just thought, all right, I'm going to somehow just find a way in the sport. So let's, let's back up then. Yeah. Let's, so I, like context. Yeah. Let's get some context. So you, you are a when did you fall? What age did you fall in love with NASCAR? See, it's been so long. I don't remember. Okay. So the Cars movie that came out, I was like four, and uh, I graduated. I was I'm way sorry. past graduation. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but four. I I loved that movie when I was little. My, my parents tell me that, and like I have memories of playing with toy cars, watching races on TV, and. It was different because, you know, as a kid, right, you go through phases of things you're obsessed with. Yeah, of course. Karate, this and that. Like, it's just like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I want to do this, that, and the other. Not to say they're not achievable, but they phase out over time. Yeah. But it never, racing never phased out for me. So it was just always like, I know this is what I want to do. And it's just kind of waiting to get to that point. So when was like your earliest memory you would say like as like, not an adult, but like somebody that you can recommend? You're like in middle school. Did you, did you love NASCAR in middle school? For sure. You were in it then. Uh-uh, no, I didn't start. But, like, watching it. like you Well, were watching, watching it, yeah, yeah. Like, I was a fan. I'm a student of the sport. But what, I'm a fan of the sport. how did you find that? Like, I don't, I can't TV put, and YouTube. But how? And but I had, you, like, an encyclopedia. So, but, but I'm saying, like, as a kid growing up in D.C., right, how do you stumble across 
What makes you type in NASCAR? What? I really don't know. You, uh, there's there is no. Don't remember. Don't I couldn't tell you. You'd have to ask my dad. I don't know. Cause you know, like most of the time, it's it's somewhere around in the you know around the like family. in the area. Yeah, it's in the area. Something you live near a track or like you know you li- people say or you got a family friend that is doing it. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. Somebody works in the pit crew. But that wasn't the case at all. All right, so you're in middle school. You at this point, you're loving NASCAR. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. Every time I can do a school project on something not related to a curriculum is about racing. Um, so yeah. So when when you're growing up and you got your friends and they talking about this girl or this football game or this basketball game, and you're like, "Yo, did y'all watch the race last night?" See, I learned the hard way because I tried <laughs> to do that at first and I get made fun of because they're like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm just like. Never mind, I won't talk about it. So, but through that, like, since racing was the first thing I cared about, I didn't really get into like, like other sports until yeah. like later, like in middle school. Same with like music and stuff like that, because I was just so obsessed with racing. And then at that point, I started to develop and like get obsessed with basketball. Like basketball is my second favorite thing behind racing in terms yeah. of like sports and stuff. Okay. And you know, around that time, the Wizards drafted Bradley Beal, John Wall. You know, they made their playoff runs and stuff, and that was really fun, a fun time in D.C. Learned about, like, football and um, and obviously music and stuff. Yeah. Like, let's see, like, Chief Keef was popular then, and, yeah. like, I remember specifically, like, just getting, like, spin, spin, uh, Spinrilla and SoundCloud and just – I'm just remembering all these things <laughs> now. I just I'm haven't thought about vi- them for years. I'm seeing you visualize yeah. it right now. I'm seeing you actually visualize this. So, so saying that to say, racing is what I have cared about since I was little, but, like, the culture that we are often associated with, yeah. I was not into that until later on because racing is what I cared about first. So, so, so let me sum this up. So you, you kind of like the outlier child in the sense that you weren't in the in crowd, you were saying. You didn't really yeah. grow up in the in crowd. And then, then you found NASCAR, so there was nobody you can really talk to that was probably – at your you know age level to talk about NASCAR, and then the typical things that most black kids growing up in D.C. are supposed to be cool and affiliated with, you were like you didn't even jump on that train till you were a little bit older. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you didn't fall in love with the culture of that all of that until so later. Were, I was like you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and you're like, yo, this is what's Chief Keith? Yeah, what's exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like it took a little bit, like, exactly. All right, that's cool. So. Now, when you f- knew you fell in love with NASCAR, as a kid or as, as a young teenager, how did you see your pathway to there? Because I don't know. I didn't see one for the longest. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, if you love football, it's nothing for your father to go like You can buy. go play Pop Warner. Yeah. You can go to, to the rec. You can go to do whatever. Same with basketball. You can go play AU or go play, try out for your school team. Right? So what does a young black kid do in D.C. when they fall in love with so what was your first experience? It didn't take till I was my first time attending a race as a fan. I was 12. Okay. Went to one. I was 12, 14, 15, 16, and then started going to more. Tell me about your first NASCAR. First race. It was at Richmond in 2014. That was a very fun experience, which is why I say you got to go to a race to get it because I've been I've been to several. Well, you got to get it. I want to go to yours, though. But right, I'm saying cool, I, cool. I've, been, I've been to the smallest track. I've been to up in Virginia at... Um, Martinsville. Martinsville. I've been to Daytona. Daytona. Right. In Martinsville, I was in the... What do you call it? The pit? Yeah, in the garage. And Loud the as all get out. But it was mm-hmm. like you could feel the cars coming that's by. A, that's the thing. You have to go to feel it. It's yeah. a different experience. No, I love it. I love the, I love the sport. I like tuning in. Like, you were racing the other day, and I was in New York City in Washington Square Park, like, watching you on my phone. Because I like those last 50 laps. You know? exciting. That's the battle. But who was, your, who was your favorite, right, for me? Like, if I had to think of any sports people I was in love with when I was younger, it would be, like, Hulk Hogan, Deion Sanders. Like, these people way, way before your time. No, I'm but, hip, though. I'm hip. <laughs> but I'm like, who shout was... Out, shout out Deion Sanders, though, fast. for, like... Changing like, the game Changing right the right? game, yeah. Like, as I could have went to any other PWI, yeah. right? That had uh, I could have went to UNCC, I could have went to Old Dominion, and like yeah. when the mechanical like racing, like engineering background, or gone to another school with a motorsports program. But mm-hmm. Winston had that program and their HBCU, so that was easy know, decision. For easy you. decision, and I'm glad that like HBCUs are really getting that. Um, what's the word? 
that publicity, like yeah, that it, the notoriety, deserves, the notoriety. They're so like you got to go. It's just, cool. Exactly. I didn't go to college, but if I did, um, I don't think I would. I don't even think I had the grades to go to Winston State when I graduated. But if I did, I'd probably went went there and wreck shop. But who was your favorite NASCAR person growing up? Like, See, at first it was Jimmy Johnson because okay. like that dude, like he was so good. His team was so good. Like, but also his um his like demeanor and his professionalism. It was like visible, like through interviews and mm-hmm. stuff. Like if he would have if he had bad a bad race or a season like that was less than desirable. Right. He wasn't mouthing off. He wasn't like going crazy in the media, giving him sound bites. He was like, we'll just give it another try. I'm yeah. thankful for this opportunity. And that kind of just was appealing to come back and watch. And then mm-hmm. as I got older, right. I noticed like not only Bubba, like making his way through the ranks to eventually racing in cup, but Lewis Hamilton, Racing overseas. Over, yeah, and, and was that Formula One? Formula One. That's crazy. Yeah, and at that point, he was already, like, you know, two-time world champion at that point. So he was already on his way. That That's a, cra- I, that, that's a crazy sport. I've been to Formula One in Baltimore in the open street, like mm-hmm. the race. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, IndyCar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cra- that's, okay, IndyCar. That's that's crazy. I mean, the way they just be anyways. So you, you, you found NASCAR's racing that in Chicago on the street next I, year. I heard that. I heard that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to see. So you, you fell in love with it. You started finding these people when like, did you get frustrated because you can watch it? You can, you went yes, to a couple things at 13, day. 14. When did you was like, yo, how can I get in a car? It was how can- every day, ever since I went to my first one from age 12 to probably 16 when I started racing like online for real like it was a struggle every day because like this is what I want I know this is my end game but I don't know how to to get there what are your parents saying between all of this like they think it's a fad right could get your education school and like do well on track to get a scholarship got it so um somebody got to pay for the school mm -hmm, exactly (laughs) so uh track was like my best sport in, Mm -hmm. in high school if like my last two years, I kind of shifted my focus to racing. So like my perform my development as an athlete kind of plateaued. But um, you weren't focused on that stuff. Yeah, like I f- I saw a way to to get into racing. So I was like, all right, well, this is what I want to do. So yeah. I got to follow it. So when was your first anything experience getting behind that wheel and be like, because your parent, I, I'm, I'm sure you're begging your parents, parents for some type of experience, whether it's at a go-kart place or like, I yeah. don't know, like what, what do you even go look, do? So I started racing online. That was the only way. So e-racing. Mm-hmm. Sim racing. Sim racing. Which you almost made me buy one of them sim seats the other day. Get a sim seat. I was Get on the website seat. and you asked my producer, Matt, I don't, when I buy something, I buy the best. And I seen the price on that. I almost pulled a trigger but I wanted to have a conversation with you first because what you race on Mondays? It, it depends. Mondays and Thursdays. I'm going to whoop your ass one day, okay? Just put that. I don't oh, know man. when. <laughs> I don't know when, but I want to <laughs> race against you. So I will go out and get one of them sim seats. Um, but no, man. So you started e-racing. But hold on now. That's a lot of, like, to get into that for it's real. It's hard because kids that sit on there for hours in the day and they get super good. Yeah. And now you can get, make money off it. That's crazy. Have it be a career. And that, not only that, but parlays to real life opportunities. That's how I got noticed and scouted. And it's kids on there now that are good enough on there that they're getting opportunities to start their real life racing careers. Wow. So you start. Which is good because that can start, that can just get plug and played to inner city kids anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, let's talk about this then. You, you got into uh, sim racing. But sim racing could be expensive, mm-hmm. but it's the lo- most inexpensive form of racing. Correct. Period. It is the it is the cheaper. But it's still end. expensive. It's still expensive. How do you convince your parents to to even get that? Did you have to go to somebody's house to race a couple times? No, it was it was kind of a fortunate time of events, right? It was uh, I was in the summer between a sophomore and a junior in in high school, mm-hmm. and at that point, like you start the college search and like start to like like we visited Morehouse, visited Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hampton was on the list, fam, uh, and ODU and, and UNC Charlotte. And so at that point, like, I sat down with dad at a track meeting. And it was just like, this is what I want to do. And I, we 
the only way we knew how really was to get our way in the door was to race online because all the other entry points either required money or connections, mm-hmm. which we didn't have either to use for racing. Right. Not to say like, like we, I was very thankful to have like a good upbringing and stuff and like never had to worry about yeah, of course. any, any needs. Right. Your parents but, bust their ass for that. Exactly. But yeah. never like not racing money. Yeah, exactly. Not racing money at all. <laughs> not I can't go but yo, that's crazy. So what do one of those cars cost? Not so, not not the big car, but like an entry level kid car. Entry level bandol or bandolero legend car that's in the range of five to fifteen grand. Just just grand. just as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's wow. not not including like maintenance stuff on the yeah, engine. You, yeah. And that's like very not even considering like it race winning equipment. That's just to show up. So not even that's just the car, not like tools and stuff to work team, on. It. Mechanics. Team mechanics, trailer and hauler. So this is this this the barrier to entry to this sport is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and you face that. And luckily, you came up in an era where they invented sim seat sim racing, and you can at least somewhat get your feet wet. By going on this online, but there was a lot of people before you that never got to see that opportunity mm-hmm. because ain't nobody got no fifteen twenty thousand to put down on a car for you to go ride around in circles. I got it, you know what I mean. Mama got to mm-hmm. get to work exactly, you know. So that, but that's 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 timing. Timing has a lot to do with everything. So you get to this point now, and you get your first sim racing bug. Tell me about that. Tell me, tell me when you knew you were good at that. It took a little bit because I started. So I got on there like June of twenty eighteen. And that, like, within the week I got on the sim day, there was a, I don't know how to describe it, like a tournament-type deal mm-hmm. for, like, 13- to 16-year-olds yeah. to, like, get their start. And at the end of the, the summer, they had, like, a playoff. Oh, wait, you said you get, you, get, you get their start. What does that or mean? Or get, get, like, noticed. Okay, okay. Right, just, like, a tournament in the top 50 would make the, the playoffs in the latter half of the summer, and then in the okay. fall it was a championship race. So, like... 600 800 people tried out i was one of them right and some of them kids had been on i racing is, is the sim right is what it's called the mm-hmm. program and people had been on it for years and in that time been on there for hours and hours a day so they know every little trick Turn, every, every everything like the back of their hand right and i'm having to learn all of this in like weeks days time while having a summer job while still having like <laughs> two-day track workouts yeah and so, and like summer school work, but so you was weren't whatever. sleeping, wasn't sleeping. Mm-mm. Was had work at like eight in the morning, got off, got on my rig, which is my laptop at the time for yeah. a couple hours, then workouts, then get back home, sleep a little bit, get back on, sleep, then work. And that was that whole summer. So some dedication. Yes. Cause I want to do it. It was the only way we could do it. And since my first kind of start sim racing was on a laptop like that's not graphics card ain't pushing it's and all terrible yeah, like yeah. i killed that computer which was meant for school <laughs> and so i killed it so we did a a fundraiser with friends and family and raised some some money by the end of the summer come yeah. to playoffs for the the series is what it's called um so you got no lag time no you want, no you lag the, the proper steering wheel proper monitor yeah. and, and everything and Gave me a chance to go and race for it. And so that's how I, I got scouted, was racing in that division. So you got scouted from racing online. Yeah, but not just that, because I realized for racing, I guess it's, I don't know if it's the same for other sports, for people trying to, like, come up in other divisions, right? But it's, like, the whole package. Like, you can't just be good or, like, a prodigy and, like, just the talent that you're, you possess. Like, it's, like, do you have everything about it from like a marketing push like yeah because where you, are you from you're a like product. what do you do because if they do pick you up they're gonna put millions behind mm-hmm. you and you gotta be worth it so you gotta you gotta you gotta have a good background that says you can't be no idiot mm-hmm. you gotta know how to talk well like you gotta brace well you gotta have a brand you gotta have a good attitude you gotta be brandable mm-hmm. I, now now we talking what I, this is what i like to talk yeah about. and so i started that way before i honestly started that like 2014 2015 because I had a PlayStation and I would just play NASCAR games on there and people I met on there that were like around my age that liked racing and stuff like we'd go and race on there and I'd make videos about mm-hmm. it and we'd like react to like the races of 
the react to the races on, on television. Mm-hmm. And so started building my brand on there. And that by that point, when I started racing online and did the ignite series throughout that summer of 2018, I not only did that, but I was like, Hey, I got YouTube going. I have a little Instagram following a little bit, Twitter. And I went to one of the races where the program I was scouted at, they were competing. I was like, Hey, I'm going to apply for you guys' program next year. I'd love to be considered. This is basically my portfolio. So that's dope. Yeah. And so you presented them a package that was and investable. Metaphorically speaking, right? Yeah. It was more of a, a yeah, but informal conversation. I get what was, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. But you, you knew you you knew you had put your stuff together that you were a good. You would be a good candidate. Yeah, I was like, I would, I would love to be considered. This is what I got going. You know, I'm prepared to to go to North Carolina yeah. to to go and do it because this is what I feel like my purpose is. So. When when were your parents officially behind you? They were like, you know what? This kid ain't giving up. This ain't no fad. This ain't like karate. He's done. He's in it. When were they like, yo, we need to get behind him? Probably. I mean, I think they've both been there since day one. I think yeah. mom mom was more just wanted to make sure I got school going. Mm-hmm. And because that's the priority. Like nobody can take that away. Like racing can go away in a heartbeat, yeah. but they can't take away yeah, your education. You, yeah. So, but they've both been in it since day one. Table with my, my sister. Like, Well, I mean, listen, I know parents are going to be supportive, right? Because no matter whether you want to, you know, play this or play that. But when were they like, like, um, all right, let me give you an example. When, when you're real good at basketball and your parents start to recognize when you're younger and you start to play AAU ball and, and they're traveling every yeah, weekend. Yeah, like traveling they, to Florida they ain't and got stuff. No, yeah, they ain't got no life but your life on the weekends. Mm-hmm. When were your parents that you could remember were like, okay. He's not giving up. He's pretty good. Let's make sure we spend a little bit less over here so we can help him do this. Yeah, like 2019, 2020. Got it. Um, we spent the summer down here, and that was my first season. In racing, North Carolina. In North Carolina, in yeah. Charlotte, racing in real life. Now, I didn't do that good that summer, but it was just because it was my first situation. You just period. get shocked. You're like, I'm yeah. here. But the thing is, like, compared to people that I was racing against, like, I finished 13th in points out mm-hmm. of 30 against like everybody that had been racing in that division for their whole, probably they they've been prepping for this yeah maybe like, they had the twenty thousand dollar cars when they, they were are, yeah they already was was ready right yeah. and i was just like i had one practice day i was like okay next time it's, it'll be race day i was like okay <laughs> and so there was people around my age right yeah. like like 15 to or i guess 12 to 17 yeah right and i was 16 or 17 at the time so how fast are those cars going at that age um not super fast, like under under one ten. Especially the the Yo, the racetrack is like you, a quarter oh, mile. You gotta you gotta chill because you're you saying not that fast one ten. You know what I'm saying? There's people watching this ain't never been one ten, and you're like, don't do that. I'm not co-signing. Yeah, that no, whatsoever. I'm not saying do that. Right, but cool, you're cool. saying you're saying like one ten is not that fast. You're 14 years old, 15 years old, 16. What do you what do you one ten? So you're going your car can go 110 at that age. Yeah. Tell me what that can get changed with with the gearing, but the, it has the potential has to go the potential, that speed. But tell me what it's like for your. Tell me if you can remember. Honestly, it's like it be like the first time you do it. It's like very surprising, and it's like your head will will spin. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But like after a little bit, it just becomes like second nature. Like I feel like an example would be. I mean, I don't know. You remember your first time flying? Yeah. I would say it's similar to that. I was scared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now we go fly. We jump in the play right now if you want. Exactly. It's it's just like that. But you know now, but it's I guess, I guess you're right. I can't say anything, right? People are terrified of going in planes, and people are probably terrified of going fast. So I I was trying to come back with a good something, but I ain't got nothing for you, bro. I'm, I'm with you. I understand. But for the people watching, what was it like? In reality, for you, for the first time, when your parents were like, "Okay, we're gonna spend the summer in Charlotte, and we're gonna go race," what was the first time you walked out onto a racetrack in Charlotte as as a potential athlete? What did that feel? What did, in your head? You may have never said anything out loud, but what what was that feeling like? Man, I honestly, and I regret this a lot because I was so hyper, and I still am super hyper focused on my performance mm-hmm. and my results. Just and I'm extremely hard on myself, and so I didn't really take in really up until this year. I hadn't really taken in much of anything because I was so focused on just trying to get better. Yeah, blinders so, on, yeah. And so I just 
I regret that a lot because I don't remember that much a lot from my first two years racing because I was just so tunneled. Yeah, just so pressed Focused. about. I get the, it. Yeah, exactly. And because I don't, I generally don't remember some of these experiences because I was just like so focused on the task at yeah. hand that I just don't didn't have any other information I was taking in. I get that, man. You sometimes you can be so focused and so dialed in. And it's it's a gift, bro, because a lot of people never ever reach that in their life. Like a, a lot of people will never ever experience that. And it's it's a gift. It's like I was listening to uh like LeBron in, in the shop the other day. He was like, "When you get in the zone, you don't even know it's like a, something else switches on." He says, "When the game's over, I'm mad that it's over." He said, I can play a whole nother game. Keep going, yeah. He I said, feel like that after every race. Yeah. I, <laughs> even when it's hot. You say, I can keep going. I just, Let's keep going. I got going. another one. So you you come down to Charlotte. You do decent, right? Um, not You wanted to do better, but you did pretty good. Right. What happened next? Using REI Skip is very simple. All you got to do is register for account, choose a payment method, upload your list, and you don't have to use any crazy Excel templates. Drag and drop your headers over and press start and voila, watch the magic happen. What are you waiting for? You want to talk to more sellers? All you need to go is to reiskip.com and register for account today. So at this point, I'm a senior in high school, um, doing senior project, college applications, and this is November of 2019. So it's reapplication time and it's a, it's they pick the program is NASCAR Drive for Diversity. Mm -hmm. The team is Rev Racing. And so they have uh tryouts annually. They haven't had them for the last 2 years because because of COVID, mm -hmm. but they have a combine and so they assess you on the racetrack and how you do with media, how you are physically, mm -hmm. your social media and whatnot. And so since I made the youth program for the summer of 19, I got the chance to try out for the next level for the years after. So November, or I guess October of 19 is the tryout for that, the combine. And so it's in Daytona at the Daytona international speedway. Mm -hmm. And that was the most nerve wracking kind of two days of my career so far. It's like your combine for the NFL. It's Basically. Like, yeah. yeah. Cause it's, it's at the international motorsports center, which is the headquarters of NASCAR mm -hmm. and IMSA. Right. And so you've got executives from NASCAR and from teams there watching you and assessing you as a driver. Are they doing like fake media day and all that mm -hmm. stuff? Fake media day, all of that. Okay. All that. So they put um, you really mm -hmm. put you through the ringer. And, you know, doing like physical assessments in the sun. Right. Just getting that. It was October, but it was still hot. Yeah. I was still hot. You're in Florida. Yeah, exactly. And so that was that was nerve wracking. But went through it. I honestly thought I did terrible and. Found out a, a couple of weeks later that they had picked me for the, for the following year. So that was very surreal because I really didn't think I did well enough to get picked again based off of not only my performance that summer, but my performance at the combine. Mm -hmm. But I guess considering the lack of experience and the timing of everything, I guess, and having the, the package, having, the I guess, the keys to be bigger one day, mm -hmm. So basically, they were like, he didn't do that well, but he's only been doing this for X amount yeah, of time. Got up, like, and I guess they saw upside. Yeah, there's more, there's upside potential with you. Yeah. And so this program is put on by NASCAR. Mm -hmm. They got it. They got a diversity. And it's not just for driver development, though. They have a picker development program. Okay. And they go to schools around the country and recruit college athletes because to only 1% of them are going to make it to the pro. Exactly. And, you know, they can, you can, if you're playing football, basketball, volleyball, and a track athlete or track and field athlete, whatever, you can go and be a very successful pick, you know, crew. pick crew member. You make six, seven figures. And so, and just from continuing to have your body be, be healthy, be, be healthy be and physique, just being yeah. an athlete. Um, and you also, there's a college internship program and mm -hmm. they place you, whether it's PR for race teams, being an engineer for race teams, working at NASCAR or for NASCAR's consultants, whether it's for media, TV, sponsorship, you name it. There's so many programs out there that people just don't hear about. There's so much opportunity in NASCAR. It's so much opportunity everywhere. There's there's a lot of programs. There's programs like this in the aviation world. But That's people, people don't, I guess, you know, here's the thing. If you don't see it, you don't think you can yeah. be it. 
and representation, part of, right? Yeah, and part of you know what's so important about you and and all these other guys that are in it, that all the other black you know NASCAR guys is that one. It's a, one. It's a representation of you know. It's it's like the movie Black Panther did record numbers. One of my favorite movies, right? And so it's like giving these kids the opportunity to see that. Oh wait, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then it's number two. It's good for business. Right. You want a new viewership of people watching and tuning into these races so you can, frankly, sell more for advertisement. I mean, it's just it's just it's beneficial for it's everybody. beneficial for everybody. And do you truly want the best of everybody involved in this? I thought that's why we were here. Right. Yeah. And so if, if you can get the best racing, the most amount of people watching and the crowd just feel imagine if they had the same crowds as the NFL and NBA games. I mean, that would. That would that would be insane. Mm-hmm. I know, think, and they have the potential to do that too. One of my favorite things to do is um, in 2018, I got involved with professional bull riding (PBR). It's owned by the same company that owns UFC, and I got involved very ignorant to the actual sport. And I I I I would believe that I, I changed the way that they do things, a few things now, because of just how I, I found this kid. His name is Ezekiel Mitchell. I found him on YouTube. I end up spending money with him. But more importantly, I spent time with him. I moved him from Texas to North Carolina. And I put my time and energy behind him, marketing-wise, everything-wise. He went from working at Dairy Queens to making six figures a year. you know. And what I did was started posting more about PBR and riding bulls and all of this stuff. And one thing that I really love doing, which I'm sure you love doing too, is... I love taking people to their first PBR event, their first same thing with races. Right? And it was like, it was like, and and the reaction at the end is like, yo, I did not think it was gonna be this fun. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure it's the same thing same for you. Same thing is, so many of my friends from high school will be like, for example, racing in Pocono this weekend. Mm-hmm. I got friends. Where's one, that at? Pocono, Pocono, where? Pennsylvania. It's like 45 minutes from Scranton, less than two hours from Philly, maybe an hour. Okay. Um, but one of my best friends um, and his family and then some of my other friends that were in a grade above me from high school are coming. And so my, my first friend, Jaden, he's coming and he's bringing some of my other friends from high mm-hmm. school, like Cameron and stuff. And they, Jaden went to Phoenix in, in March and he was like, man, I didn't know it was like this live, you know, <laughs> exactly. and he brought everybody coming. So it's just, and, and you know, my homie Sam from, from high school as well is going to bring his mom and his sister and. You got to go to take it in. You got to go. I may, I may fly up. I may get in the plane and fly up there, me and my wife, and just go experience it. Don't worry. You, you ain't got to do nothing. I'm just going to pull up. I'm going to get the best tickets available. All right, sweet. And we're going we gonna to rock out if, if we can do it. It just depends on the weather. But that, that's, my, that's the experience that I love to do is give people that, that side of it. So now you're, ra- you're, you're on Team Rev Racing. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Rev Racing. So, honestly, this is like the – at this point in my career – and still right now, but even more so in 2020 and last year, it was, for lack of better words, like getting out the mud, like doing the dirty work. Like, base, it was my, it's still my job, but it was a job job then, like working at the shop seven to four, sometimes later, um, just doing the grunt work, like going and getting parts, cleaning. I, I still see you as a, I see you as a full-time student. Sometimes I see you in mm-hmm. lectures. I see you in class. Then the next minute I see you in at under like showing a picture of a car in the, in the shop mm-hmm. and then a few days later i'm seeing you somewhere in phoenix arizona ohio racing how do you balance all of these it's hard it's hard it's and honestly i feel like it's a good thing to talk about like it's hard it's hard on mental health it's hard of, of about because of how important it is to manage time you got to be a good athlete mm-hmm. you still got to pursue what you want to be and you're on you're not even like 100 all the way pro yet you're still having to prove yourself so that you can make that jump. And I'm not even, a, I'm not fully grown yet. I'm still a kid. Correct. And my, all my, my parents and my sister, my family that I've lived with, they're 300, 400 miles away. It's just me here. So yeah. it's hard. It was hard those first, like the, I guess the last two years, yeah. just developing as a young man, but also having to balance what fe- feels like the weight of the sh- my shoulders, yeah. the weight of the world on my shoulders. And so you're doing it though. I don't like to think that, but my dad is like, you got to give yourself more credit. You so. do, man. Like you, you, you felt you got on the radar of a lot of people, 
you were in Atlanta the other day. I seen you uh, hanging out with Rick Ross. Look like Rick Ross is trying to take that an interest. That was awesome. I need him to take over. He's like he's got an interest in, mm-hmm. in NASCAR, doesn't he? Yeah. But here's what I would advise you, Rick Ross. Don't start at the top because you won't enjoy the journey because you're a hustler. Start at the bottom. Find somebody that you want to get behind that you want to see all the way to the top. Don't come in here trying to sign like a, a Jay-Z. Nah, nah, nah. Go sign, go sign a Drake when he was, you know, on the grassy or something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I would recommend to him. Because I seen him the other day in a picture with Bubba. So I see him getting more into it. Now, I know Rick Ross got long money, but it'd be, it'd be, I think it'd be more beneficial for him to start something. Yeah, I mean, especially on the, the Cup Series side, right? They have a new – their their ownership situation is kind of like the NFL in mm-hmm. terms of, like, you got your, your clique of people. You yeah. can't, it's hard to get into. But with the new TV deal that's coming in a couple of years, that's going to change and probably allow for, like, a couple more owners to get in. Yeah. Uh, just because they have these things called charters, and that's with the charter you get the assets of a race team, and so you can like have, let's say you you buy a team out, right? You get their charter, and you can get their equipment, you can get their personnel, everything, right? basically everything. And so I hope I'm explaining that correctly, and and then that way that lowers the barrier of entry for someone to build a team from scratch. Exactly, just for someone to to come from a different industry and be like, hey, I want to get into NASCAR, especially with the new car that they just instituted where it's more of a kit and spec deal where you get the parts from the same manufacturer get the engine from either Ford, Chevrolet, or Toyota. And it's not like some of the... the you don't have to have been in it since day one to be successful. Like yeah. You see that with Trying Trackhouse. Even, even, it even, evens it out. Yeah. Like Trackhouse Racing is probably the best team in Cup right now. They've existed for two years. Oh, wow. For that reason. Because they're now saying they're going to standardize. Every, mostly everything's standardized now, right? So if you're pe- you got the good people that are behind the wheel and you got the good people at the engineering and uh, going over the wall and at the race shop and up top, Let's talk. Let, let's talk about the business mm-hmm. of this sport. What is it? What is your car now? The ones you're driving now. What are those things worth? They cost a lot. Like alone in the series, I race in full time this year. Uh, minimum twenty five, thirty thousand without the engine in it. So a shell. Just just the the body with like suspension parts on it, not even like tricked out or anything. What's what's a what's a what's a full grown car running like? Give me to a go and, to go and win in the Arca series. Yeah. Because you have teams like Gibbs yeah. and GMS, which is also owned bigger that, teams that have Cup or Xfinity yeah. or truck teams, right? They're trickling down their equipment, so that stuff's worth tens of potentially hundred thousand dollars, right? Just in the in the one car because it's got the aerodynamic advancement. How many cars it. you gotta have? Ones for each different type of track. Most times Say backups. What? Yeah, so you can use the same car at like a Daytona and Talladega. But you can't use the same one for like a road course like Mid Ohio or Watkins Glen. You can't use it for a Dover or a Berlin or a Charlotte or Kansas. Is or, the, and then we race on dirt too. I seen you've been doing that like on the funny looking cars. Yeah, those are so hard. It's so difficult. It's, everything's the opposite or mm-hmm. something like that. So they obviously uh, the rev, rev racing and and that is is it. So let me understand this. Rev Racing is owned by NASCAR or is it? Max Siegel. Max, Max Siegel is the team owner, president of US Track and Field. US like track and field? Like mm-hmm. Running? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So he got in how did he get into the business? He's been in NASCAR for a minute. Like okay. he, he cares about it. Uh, he was the president of Dale Earnhardt Incorporated for a while. Okay. Um he owned a team for a bit or was working on owning a team with Reggie White a while ago. Um and he's had Rev Racing since 2009, I want to say. And so the program is... It's NASCAR's program that they run through the race team, but it's, it's Max's team. Got it. That makes sense. And so does does this team eventually get like a cup team if they want one? They, they want one. And yeah. I think they deserve one because they've been... Building people up. Right. They have... They helped put... Although these drivers had like extenuating help from a manufacturer or sponsor, but mm-hmm. they developed Kyle Larson... Bubba, Daniel Suarez. So Bubba went through the same program as you? Mm-hmm. That's cool. 
Yeah, and at that point, these guys had already signed their contracts with like Toyota or Chevrolet or whomever. So, so let's talk about the contracts. Yeah, of things. that makes sense. It's like big. so, because in you, North Carolina, I don't think you can sign one until you're 18. But the thing is, you can like still be like, like low key, low key, like be. You can get marketing money. Yeah, and stuff, and like be with a, um, like be with a team, be in a program, and have a, a spot for you Wait. later on. So I think it's kind of. I don't want to misspeak, right? But you know about like the NIL stuff with, yeah. with call, the NCAA yeah. coming in about. It's a little bit similar, but in racing, it's not really regulated like that. Like you can make stuff off your likeness, like have no problem. Yeah, because it. there's no competition in high schools and mm-hmm. college. And so the only reason the name and likeness thing came up is because colleges were benefiting greatly from college athletes. And the athletes weren't getting nothing the, from it. Yeah, there is no. But it's honestly kind of like that in racing now because of how the costs are. Drivers are having to bring thousands of dollars to go and race because of what it costs for the team owners and the managers to field an effort because they got to make a business too, yeah. right? Because of how much it costs, they have to rely on this capital from partners, yeah. which come from mostly the drivers. So it's kind of frustrating because like you could be the next Jeff Gordon, right? You could be the next Josh Berry or Dale Jr. But you like, won't know for a long time. But you won't know because if you don't got that backing or you don't have someone that believes in you from day one, you're not going to race anything higher than a, a weekly or a regional level. So in, in, in basketball? That's, that's where I've been fortunate because of this program has helped me get to a point where people think I'm, I'm good enough now. And hopefully I can continue to show that this year to like, hey, I'm going to fund you and you can go and hop in this winning equipment and go and – and prove me right. So what does that, I mean, in basketball and in football, you are good in high school and college, and then you sign a big deal. How does that, does, does a driver get to choose what team? Like, yeah, it's, it's similar. It's similar. But, but you got to go through one of these programs to even be recognized. To an extent, right? Or have a lot of money growing yeah. up. Yeah, but and, and there's anomalies. An example would be like Alex Bowman, races for Hendrick. He raced for various different teams on his way up the ladder. Same with Ross Chastain. Some of them not really good teams, but in those cars that were not winning equipment and not the best stuff, they showed burst of their greatness by having a good time trial and starting up front in a race or racing competitively against a car with triple the budget of theirs, right? It's kind of like... An example, I think you, it would be like you get a rookie contract and you then you go and perform really well and you get into, and then you get the pay. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's similar in that aspect. So like now I'm racing the Xfinity Series part time. Okay, it's like a, a mid level team, Alpha Prime Racing. They got some great people over there, but they don't have the budget of a of a JR, a Junior Motorsports or a Richard Childress Racing or a Joe Gibbs, right? But they hopefully with a really good driver and if stuff goes right for them, they can go and have a stellar day of running. 15, What's it cost to run 12? one of those mid-level teams? Still in the millions. Still yeah, because in the millions. you got all that staff, all mm-hmm. that equipment, fifteen cars probably, mm-hmm. full-time guys, anywhere from six to fifteen cars. Not a hauler itself is like almost a quarter million dollars. Yeah, to pull Just them. Car- yeah, I see them going down the road. Not even counting like maintenance or anything, or probably the driver. Mm-hmm. So, so where do you wh- where do you hope this takes you? Man, to be honest, like, I, I want to build a legacy as one of the best to do it as a driver, but I know, like, that's not entirely, like, what my purpose is. I know being an athlete is for a finite amount of time, mm-hmm. and so part of my my duty, right, is to pay that forward. Um, Dad and I talk about this a lot of time. It was his idea, and, like, I, I want to do it. It's, like, to have, like, there's boys and girls clubs, right, and and – you know, you can go and go to the rec center and play, pick up a sport, pick up a ball and go do this sport and have fun, right? But that's not the case for racing. Like, you can't go and find a go-kart at, at Walmart, right, in the sports section. And, I, <laughs> I mean, I would love to have, like, a, a go-kart track in D.C. and, like, make – like, have an academy program that could have places in – in Chicago, in LA, in mm-hmm. the Bronx, in Atlanta, like have these places for kids that can try and get into racing that 
doesn't mean just driving. There's so many things All you can do in racing. Yeah, just yeah. give people, give kids another opportunity to make it out by not just doing a sport or knowing how to make music. So I, I have a nonprofit called First Influence where we take kids up on their first flight and, you know, we'll do like during the summer, we'll try to build a plane together with them and, you know, things like that to, to get kids involved in aviation, not only as pilots, but even airplane mechanics and, and air traffic controllers and those type of things. Is there similar things for kids in NASCAR? Yeah, there are. Without a doubt. That's good. That's good to know. Um, for somebody like me, I got a little bit of money. How can I get involved in NASCAR? I mean, it just depends what capacity, right? You tell me. I mean, if there there's ownership size, right? You can buy in, into a race team and have namesake, build some equity. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I guess, go the the big route and, and try to go to the Cup Series. Um, although that's kind of like a, a closed. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a club. Yeah, you got to get in there. It's like the NFL, like you said, the NFL team ownership. Yeah, and at the same time, you can. Um, I guess partner with a driver and once they get to the top, they bring you with them and you know that you have like a shared vision and, and go about it that way. I'm still, although I'm a student of the sport, I'm still learning all of these things. Yeah. So I don't know if I gave you the best answer, but no, that's good. So, there's like so many say, different things you, say, you can I do. I could back a driver, like how I backed a PBR rider. Yeah. You could back a driver and, and help and, and see that they won't have to worry about anything, but just being the best athlete that they can be. Yeah. yeah. Who should I back right now? I know I, you've been watching somebody out there. I mean, hopefully me, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still young, right? Yeah. I'm not in a rush to go race in the Cup Series. Um, but that's my end game. I want to be there. And I'm just trying to take the same the the best steps I can take each day to build my brand, improve my craft, yeah. and in the limited chances I'm in a race car show industry folks and people not in the industry that I have what it takes. What's, what's one of your best moments so far on rev racing in the car? What was one of your best moments ever? Um, we won in the, in the regional division. I have four wins in last year, three last year and one the year before. And one of them was fun because, uh, I was faster than this one driver. Her name's Gracie Trotter. And, uh, like, she was fast, and so I was trying really hard to, to pass her mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, this racetrack is called Tri-County in, in Hudson, North Carolina. I think that's where it's at. And I was trying so hard. I was trying, like, different lanes and stuff. And, you know, we got together, and I felt so terrible about it because it was – so unintentional like on my you got end. together like y'all rubbed yeah and then it ended her race and then i ended up winning so i felt so terrible about it because like as a man and as a as an athlete like i pride myself on doing it the right way mm-hmm. because i wouldn't appreciate it if that had got done to me and that happened and i was just so bummed about it bummed about it because i was just like i that's not how I want to do this, right? That's not the right way to do it, in my opinion. And, you know, I went and talked to their team, and it was like they they knew it wasn't anything of intent. It wasn't anything malicious. It was just part of as part of racing, racing. racing people say it's a racing deal, and that's what it was called. And I think that was just such a crazy memory to me because I was trying so hard, and it didn't happen the way I intended to, but it was like in my heart, I knew that there was like nothing intentional and I was trying to go about it the right way and it somehow worked out. So now it was just like, I know if I just do my best and try to do it the right way, then more often than not, hopefully it'll work out. But in racing, it's like you lose more than you win. So that's one of the things I've had to learn. Yeah, because you got to get okay with not being number one all yeah, the time. Because you, you race in the Cup Series, you race 36 times a year. A really good season is when you win like, one to five races really yeah you'll have anomalies like larson last year won 10 races oh wow you know he won some, a third some, yeah some of them guys are like really in their bag like you'll have one of those guys a year so so, so it's very for a guy lucky. like that for a guy like that in the cup series is he getting first place money too from his team or from the from the from the actual race team team, team is giving him first yeah, place because the good thing about the charter system in the cup series is that the teams get a 
a percentage of it. Not a huge per- percentage, but they get... Charter me, like, t- TV deals and stuff? The, yeah, with the TV deal. Like, the charter is the asset of a race team. So, okay. you know, that's the... the What's the term? So I don't know the term for it, but this, this these assets... Intellectual property? Yeah, that's, that's okay. the word I was looking for. Okay. Or the phrase. And so, uh, yeah. That's interesting. Um... Now this is fun. Tell me, tell me something that is a misconception about racing that people, most people think. Well, obviously it's roots are in the south, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's really not like how it used to be. At least what people think it. What used people to be. think, think it, like you, it's way more diverse. That's why you got to come to the right. It's more diverse, but in period, it's more open. Like it's not. I feel like without a doubt, you will not feel uncomfortable no matter what where you are from, no matter what your identity is. No matter your ethnicity, your gender. You're going to have fun. You're going to have fun. No matter what. You think NASCAR is doing a good job of opening the doors? Now and they try, are. Trying to get like, because I think it's important too. I think I, I'm seeing more of it. I, I'm I'm ready to get some. Have you got season tickets or something like that? No, I'm sure. <laughs> I got season tickets to the the to the Hornets. So you, gotta, you, ever, you can get uh, Charlotte tickets and stuff. Oh, all the Charlotte tickets. Yeah, okay. our, like they race in May and October over there, so. If you ever want to go sit at the floor in, in the Hornets, let me know. I got All right, six, deal. I went to six games last year. I'm about to go when they play my Wizards. Okay, yeah, I didn't even go to that game, so you you can you can have those <laughs> tickets. Dang. Um, listen. So if if you had one minute mm-hmm. to talk to the entire world, and everybody was listening, what would you say? And I want you to say it to that camera. Did it already start? Now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since this is to all the people in the world, um, on the spot. I mean, in the few years I've been alive compared to a lot of people, but at the same time, I have been alive for a good amount of time compared to others. I would say the thing I've learned the most is the importance of doing what you know is right because nine times out of ten, if you're brought up the right way, that means you're treating people right and you're doing your best to fulfill what you think your purpose is so whatever that is it's never the same for everybody but that's all i got i like it i usually put people on the spot with that because it's like yo the entire world is listening to you right now you got to intercom with the entire world but that's a good answer um next race what's your next race friday this this like friday and saturday i got two this weekend pocono raceway so two races during is there a day that i should come over the other well, on Friday is the series I race in full-time. Okay. So I'll have a better chance to win that race okay. in the ARCA series. I'm leading the points by six. So that race is Friday at, like, five. Um, Saturday is the Xfinity race. Um, that's more – that's, you know, yeah. one step below the Cup Series, right? So I'm not there to win. I'm there to, to learn. To and, compete. And to, to compete. So – What if you win one of those? What if you win that Saturday? would be – I don't See, know. See, what – I, I have a little I bit. Really pro- don't I have a little would. bit of problem with how you said that, and maybe because you know more than me about this sport. It's just being realistic. It's maybe not your being car's doubtful. not there, or maybe something is. But everything you go into, you got to go into thinking you're going to win that. See, I never do that. You get, my you, my homie Garrison was like, "You got to start being confident." I was you, like, "Every single thing you enter into, you got to think or believe that you can win it." Because if you go in there with the doubt, thinking that you just there to compete and not there to win. That's exactly what's going to happen. So I'm going to come Saturday, and I'm going to see you stand on that podium in first place. All right, cool. Right? Don't run out of gas on me. <laughs> I, I, don't do, I don't I do the mileage, man. I just drive. <laughs> I know that's the thing. Uh, on Friday, there, I'm in the 6. Saturday, I'm in the 44. Okay. What's the significance behind those numbers? You get to choose them, or you just uh, give no, it to it's you? No, the, it's the team's numbers. Okay. No significance on my end. What's the best seats I should buy? Like, where at? What part? Um, I mean, I can get you passes for... The infield, but if you just want grandstand I w- yeah, tickets, yeah. I, w- I w- like tell me is because I am I gonna be able to watch the, the thing from inside? No, nah, you can't really watch yeah, that. I want to, I want to experience though, from the crowd's perspective. So, yeah, you then just after the get, race or so before, or after I go down, it depends. If you want to see the whole racetrack, you get higher nosebleeds, like, nosebleeds to see the whole racetrack. If you want to feel the cars, you go as low as you can. You got to tell me, should I feel the cars? It, dep- I mean, you can always walk down and stand by the fence. For is a it near the laps. finish line? Mm-hmm. That's it's right. That's where that's where the grandstand is. It's Pocono, right okay. at the front stretch. 
So we're the longest front stretch. It's not. It's not. NASCAR. It's not called courtside. I'm gonna get trackside seats. Let's go with that. We <laughs> get some. I'm gonna put my feet on the track, on the pavement, on the asphalt. They let you walk on that post race. Okay. So -race. if weather's good, me and my wife will pull up. We'll spend the night in Poconos and and uh, check out the race, man. But no, nah, it was cool meeting you in person, man. Thanks it, for having me. This has been me, fun. Man. I appreciate I'm, it. I'm glad that you came out here and represented and um, and and showed people that you can be a black guy in NASCAR and and do well at it. Thank you. And 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 I think it's important for you to do that on all serious notes because if if the kids can't see it, then they can't be it. Representation. And is so representation important. matters so much. So I appreciate you guys. For, well, before we leave, before we leave. I got to throw on your socials. Where can they follow you at? So I got my website, rajacruz.com. Okay. Making merch soon. So hopefully that'll be out by the time this okay. goes up. And then all my social media is on there. I got Instagram, Twi TikTok, Twitter, Twitch. All of that. All of that. And they can watch you e-race, right? They can I mean, watch sim, race. sim race. Sim race. On Twitch, yeah. Okay. He's going to sim race. And I'm going to get me a sim seat. The whole package. Sim-seats.com. You got to get it. Yeah, I'm going to get one of those. And then me and you going to race live. Deal. Done. You right, gotta guys. do it at my school, though. Cool, I'm right. You right down the street. All right, sweet. And listen, when you come here during the school year, if you, I'm have class like every day out of the week. All right, but if you get bored, come to the house, bro. I'll I, just come and I like got a take basketball a nap or court. something during my lunch I got break. Got a swimming pool. Come hang out, man. You family. Come All right, hang sweet. Out. All right. So I appreciate you guys just tuning in and listening to the show. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Give me a five star rating. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget I'm here every single week and I appreciate the love. Don't forget to comment below and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.